I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to Mark and Michael's Musings, a matchsticks and gasoline podcast under the SB Nation podcast network umbrella. Mike, how you doing? How was your Christmas? Uh, Christmas was pretty good. Uh, just obviously these days spent it at home, just kind of hanging out, but it's been pretty good. How are you doing? Good. Everything's good here. It's uh, um, clearly not as cold uh, as it is where you are. I got the, I've had the frame in the yard for the ODR for like a week and a half now, and I'm waiting on a new liner to get here, and I'm in no rush to fill it because it's going to be 50 degrees Fahrenheit here on uh, Saturday, so any ice that oh I would gosh. build is gone, but it kind of sounds like we could build some ice up by you, no? Uh, I, it's almost at the point now where it's gotten so cold that it's like almost destroying the ice because it gets so brittle. So we're almost like the flip side of it where it's like, well, you can't go anyways because it's like minus 30 at night, minus 40. Like you can't even play outdoors on that. So it's uh, if we found somewhere right down the middle between the two of us, I think we'd be having a great outdoor rain season. But uh, no, right down, uh, where we're at is not a lot of fun. Yeah, if you could do anywhere between like 15 degrees Fahrenheit and like. 20 degrees Fahrenheit that's cold enough to build tons of ice and it's it's skatable um yeah I don't again I'm bad with my Canadian math that's I don't know what that is Canadian but we'll digress um that's your weather report from our Mark and Michael's musings uh Michael Flames uh we have a little couple things we can talk about here with Calgary uh first off New Year's Eve is delayed um I'm not a big New Year's Eve guy going out and doing anything anyway so I might have been around to watch the game but um, if you're going to the game and you had tickets for uh, December 31st, uh, you might want to find some alternate plans because due to COVID and the restrictions in the arenas, the NHL has knocked off all the the most recent nine, you know, uh, Canada versus Canada games teams. And um, I think it makes sense. That would have been a Winnipeg and Calgary would have been a good draw. So I guess it makes sense to push it later in the season. Your thoughts? Yeah, it makes sense from uh, like the league's trying to salvage revenue at this point, I would say like pretty much all the teams now are playing with some kind of reduced capacity. So I kind of see why they're on the or had made this decision, at least for the short term. I don't know how far they can go into the schedule before they just have to start playing games because um, it's the Flames have, I believe, 30 home games still to play. And like at some point you can't just push them all back like because they did have such a road heavy schedule at the start of the year, they're actually going to have the Seattle game and then four more road games after that before they play home again. So at some point they're going to have to play them, whether it's 50%, whether it's even 0%, we'll see where things end up. Um, but for now, I think it makes sense trying to push things down the road. Hopefully it's better in a month or two or three. We'll see. Yeah. Cause I mean, if they started to go in right now, do you think we'd be looking at 0% where they would shut the, the arenas down, put the tarps back out just to get the teams back on the ice and worry about the fans later. I could see them pushing that if we're pushing like maybe into January and we're still in the same kind of position. I imagine they're very close to reworking like the entire schedule pretty much after maybe mid January at this point, like they're going to redo the, yeah. with the Olympic break and stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I think at, they're going to try, I would imagine, then obviously they'll have to settle at the 50% mark, which I think most teams in the country are currently going along that road. So, but I think, yeah, it kind of makes sense just for now. Maybe cross their fingers. Maybe it's just a one month. We kind of have to get through this and then we're back to normal, but we'll see. And speaking of getting back to normal, if 
December 31st is the last postponement for now. The Flames are playing hockey tomorrow. Um, they will welcome the Seattle Kraken to Calgary, which, we, oh no, sorry, they're at the Kraken. I apologize. They are going to Seattle. They'll see Mark Giordano for the first time as a member of uh, the Kraken. Um, the Flames have not played a game since December. December 13th was the first game they had postponed. Saturday, the 11th of December was a uh, loss to the Bruins, 4-2 to two at home. That's the last time the Flames have played. Um, are we crossing our fingers that uh, tomorrow night is actually going to be a go and the Flames are going to hit the ice tomorrow? I mean, I hope so. I, I'm i pretty sure these, like in the NHL, you usually travel the day before the game for these short road trips, and we haven't heard anything to the contrary to that yet today. They haven't left or anything. Obviously, Seattle's not too far. I think it's only like an hour and a half flight, so if they want to go tomorrow, they still could. But um, sounds like it's all systems go from everything we've heard. We haven't heard really any even like rumblings at all that things are off. I don't think Seattle's been hit quite as bad with the COVID either, like the, at least the team. So yeah. I imagine any game they can play these days, they're going to play it, especially if it's uh, in the U.S. with full capacity. So I imagine it's, uh, they're probably on their way there now if uh, things are normal. And if you look at it too, I'm looking at the injury report right now. And out of regulars, it's you know still Brett Ritchie with a lower body injury and Tyler Pitlick's day to day undisclosed. So by the injury report, sounds like we're going to get a full look at the regular Flames. No, yeah, it looks like uh, we're back to usual. We're not, obviously we're never going to see Brett Ritchie or Tyler Pitlick ever again. Like that's kind of been the whole <laughs> running theme all season. It's like either one or both of them are always gone with some like mystery thing that nobody knows about. So. Yeah, I would say the normal Flames are fully healthy, ready to go. And uh, someday those other two will maybe play a hockey game again. We'll see. And if you look at it, I mean, what do you expect? I, I don't expect a smooth performance out of the Flames at all. Um, I mean, not that Seattle's, you know, I, I can look it up real quick and see when the last time Seattle played a game was. Um, they haven't played since December 18th, a 5-3 loss to the Oilers. Um, they've only had four games postponed. Um, so they're supposed to play today against the Flyers and then, you know, they get Calgary. Um, I think everybody like, you know, hold your expectations, keep them, you know, middle of the road, even to low expectations, seeing who knows who's been able to skate, who's been doing. You figure the early guys that have early on, you know, that were on the um, COVID protocol list before, say, guys like Gaudreau and Lindholm, who are on the back half. Some of those guys on the earlier side will be coming out of COVID protocol earlier. So they may have been getting some some time back on the ice. I know the flames did open up the facility for people who were not in contact with COVID. And that was Michael stone, Matthew Kachuk and uh, Blake Coleman. Weren't a lot of guys that could do any sort of work. So uh, what, what are your thoughts? I mean, should, we should keep our expectations pretty tempered, right? I don't expect Jacob Markstrom to come out and pitch a shutout tomorrow in Seattle. Do you? I mean, Seattle's not, or at least hasn't been that good of a team so far. And like, Yes, the Flames have been off a long time. I think it's been nice that they've had like three kind of days of practice now. It's not like they're kind of just coming back. Like if they'd played the 27th, I think that would have been an absolute disgusting hockey game. So I'm probably, <laughs> it's probably a good thing we're not seeing, we didn't see them then. But uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think like you said, like Seattle's also been off for a week and a half, two weeks now. Like I think there's going to be some rust on both sides. But hopefully if uh, two teams are rusty, hopefully the team with more skill, which I think is the Flames, should be able to win out. But uh I guess we'll also see if there's a new Flames Arena curse in the Pacific or not as they play their first game in Seattle. Like, they have the Vegas one, they have the Ducks one. Does uh, Seattle join that as well? We'll see. Oh, good Lord, I hope not. Yeah, and yeah, I, I'm 
I'm probably with you. I don't think I wanted the Flames to come back on the 27th and face the Oilers after having been in with Edmonton may have been off, but they also didn't have Connor McDavid and COVID protocol that, you know, they had guys that could play. So I'm with you on that one. So yeah, we could be seeing actual real live hockey for one day and then they go on another postponement. And then hopefully after the new year, um, you look at the new year coming in, it's not a real easy schedule for the Flames coming into January. Sure. They start with Chicago. That's a weaker opponent, but Coming in the 4th, 6th, 7th, I mean, they're on the road. They're at the Panthers, at the Lightning, at the Hurricanes. That's a pretty tough road to come back. Yeah, those are pretty much, I would say, like the three best teams in the East. I know the Rangers have been up there too, but like those are three road games that are all going to be like huge measuring stick games for the team. I know Tampa is kind of in a COVID outbreak. It's a lot of these teams either had their outbreak before the Christmas break or are getting it now, and... Tampa is one of those teams that even though they're getting it now, they still have so many superstars. Like they're going to be good. Carolina, I think as we saw earlier in this year, like they're a pretty good team too. And like Florida, I guess that'll be the first game against Sam Bennett again. Yeah. Would, yeah they, the first they haven't been they here yet. Yeah. Yep. There we go. So I'm sure he'll get like five goals or something. Cause yep. Guaranteed that's 100%. what happens. Yeah. He'll have the greatest game ever and make me grind my teeth the entire time. I would just like to see him fall down a bunch and take some stupid penalties so I could see like the old Sam Bennett and be happy, but it's probably not going to happen. Um, so yeah, not exactly the easiest trip back for the flames, but as, and I wish I could attribute the quote to who it was. It was either Daryl Sutter or Brad for living that said in an odd scenario, we're the healthiest we've been all season because we've had this huge break. Players have had the time to get over their injuries. Um, all the flames were all, not all of them, but most of the flames were asymptomatic. They're all vaccinated. So this hasn't been like Calgary's had 23 players that have been down and out and been absolutely, you know, bedridden and having issues. So, you know, they're coming back very healthy, which I guess is if there's any light at the end of the tunnel, that's it. So, Yeah. We could potentially have hockey. I'm, I don't know how about you, but I am very, very excited. I'm tired of streaming things. I'm ready to see hockey again. 100% let's do this. And speaking of hockey, again, that was happening. Uh, today, the official announcement came out that the World Juniors are shut down and canceled. Uh, too many post-COVID uh, um, forfeits, postponements. They just couldn't They couldn't get it on track. I know Canada's upset. You know, they came out with a statement today being like, look, we, we really did. We tried to do everything the right way. And it's just the, the Omicron has just taken it over. And I'm, it's kind of a shame to see. I know for United States hockey fans, it's probably not the world's biggest thing if the World Juniors get shut down. But for Canada, I mean, this is a tough one. Tough one to swallow, no? Yeah, it's tough because, like, they actually got the tournament going, too. It wasn't just like, we're shutting this down in advance. Like, it's... um. I, I don't know. It's kind of like if you if your whole thing was you're going to shut it down or forfeit games as soon as you get like a few cases, it's kind of like, why did you even bother going through with it at that point? Yeah. Like that's that's where it kind of seems the most surprising. Like I know it's only been a handful of cases so far, obviously, with the way this variant is like it's going to balloon up as we I don't know if we'll hear them or not now that they've canceled the tournament, but we're going to see more cases. But at the same time, like. There's just so much that went into the tournament between like getting everyone there, getting things set up. Um, all these young guys having their dreams to go and play there. And if they were going to shut it down over a handful of cases, like that's, it just doesn't seem like they really thought it through. Like they, cause these teams weren't really bubbled like in Pat in the last tournament. Like they were, um, I think came out today that like, for example, like us and Sweden were staying in a hotel in Red Deer that just had like a huge wedding reception in it the other day, which is like, what could go wrong? Probably don't, yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Just a bunch of people also <laughs> that aren't staying in the hotel, just come into your hotel while you're trying to like, not catch a very contagious disease that like you can get from pretty much doing anything. So it's just like, 
You yeah. probably could have done more. I think Canada, like Hockey Canada, probably realizes they could have done more. But at the same time, if the whole thing was you're going to scrap it if anyone gets cases, pretty much, I think you're kind of probably shouldn't have gone ahead with it in the first place. Yeah, exactly. If you're looking at the worst case scenario before the puck even drops, then you probably should not have had the tournament. I mean, if it's you're like, okay, we'll give five cases. I mean, then you're toast immediately, especially if teams and you got you got these kids coming from all different places too. They're not like they quarantine for you know x amount of time before and you got kids playing you know you probably got guys from say the quebec minor junior hockey league you got kids in the u.s u.s hockey you know they're all over the place so it's kind of a mess and if you're staying in a place like you mentioned with you know a giant wedding reception happening in alberta which is having some spikes too like it's not it the whole thing seemed like probably it was destined to fall apart and it's a shame because you hate to give those kids that chance and then pull it away from them you know right away um speaking of things getting pulled away from uh people in general uh brad marshan uh reached out to the NHL and the Players Association the other day. He's not happy that the NHL isn't going to the Olympics. Um, if you haven't heard it, Michael, or if you haven't read it, I can read it for you right here. I have it up. This is Brad Marchand's words. It says, the NHL and, and at NHL, he's tweeting out to them, and the NHLPA can change the rules of the CBA to add taxi squads so that they don't miss any games and don't lose any money. Um, you guys weren't sure that you didn't know taxi squads, the CBA has been altered a little bit so we can get the NHL season going, which has already been agreed upon that the players will pay back an escrow until the owners are are made whole from what they have lost during the pandemic, regardless of how many games are missed. Yet they can't do a taxi squad during the Olympics so they can honor the agreement that they made so the NHL players can go. Please tell me that's not bullshit. And for all of you who want to be who want to pipe back about forfeiting pay while being gone, yeah, not a problem. Let the players make their choice. So Brad Marchand clearly upset that he's not going to the Olympics. Um, someone replied to his tweet was like, "Why are you even mad? You're not going." So it was kind of, like, it was kind of a nice little shot. But um, Brad Marchand may want to forfeit his pay, but like we talked about before, some kid who might go play for the for uh, pick a company country Croatia. Uh, Slovakia, who's making the league minimum, you know, and gets dropped down to, um, you know, gets dropped down to the minors. Like he's making his $350,000 contract is now $50,000, $70,000, whatever it is. So yeah, it might not be a big deal for Brad Marchand, but it is for other players. Yeah. It's, um, I respect him for coming out with his opinion. Like, I think it's important that we see how people are feeling about all this. It was always going to be the player's kind of decision on it. Like some players probably really wanted to go, obviously. And it's, it's one of those things that like, if I was an NHL player that put up like the whole season with all these uh, COVID protocols, like the quarantines, the bubble playoffs, like I've probably would also be at the end of my rope with like COVID denying me the ability to do stuff play my to play the sport to play my profession so i can see how he's frustrated by it and like that he to him it probably would just been like oh it's another tournament where like i have to quarantine i have to get tested every day which isn't a big step for them but i think ultimately still the right decision for all the reasons we've talked about before like the china quarantine rules things like that but um it's too bad i hope they come up with a backup but no i respect him for at least uh telling us how he feels because it's obviously not a those kind of decisions are never a unanimous thing. So, yeah. And you haven't seen a lot of players come out with statements that strong. Some have been like, yeah, I get it. I agree. I don't want to go. And I mean, a lot of countries like, you know, Sidney Crosby and um, Sidney Crosby and um, Connor McDavid, right. 
there may be a chance that they don't ever line up on an Olympic team, right? Together just because of age and whatnot. Like a guy like Mark Giordano might have been on his last shot to potentially get him. Mike, Michael Backlund with Sweden, you know, like selfishly down here in the in the States. I've never seen a Matthew Kachuk, Austin Matthews, Johnny Gaudreau Olympic team. You know, like those are things we want to see as hockey fans. But at the same time, we also have to think what's best for everybody involved. And, you know, with all the things that are uh involved with covid and china and protocol and quarantining it just it seems bananas and i think we've beat this this horse this dead horse a thousand times on this podcast but it's just the brad marchand thing i thought was interesting because he really came out and there's a lot of you know people upset that women's tournaments are getting canceled too and that the nhl's getting back but the women aren't being allowed to play you know so it's weird like how some somehow it's okay for some places that make a ton of money but yet the women's teams don't get on the ice because they don't want them getting sick so it's 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 a weird time in sport. I don't think there's any right decision, but you know, like you said, kudos to Marshan for speaking up. But I do like the people that were like, "Why are you mad, bro? You ain't going." So I thought those are, I thought that stuff was kind of funny. Um, speaking of, are you mad? Uh, Pittsburgh Penguins were sold to the uh, Fenway Sports Group, which owns the Boston Red Sox, owns I believe it's Liverpool or some kickball team over in England. We'll probably get a ton of reprise for that, but I don't really follow pro soccer. Uh, they also own Roush Racing. Um, they now own the Pittsburgh Penguins. They paid $900 million for the rights to own the Penguins. And uh, Mario Lemieux got himself a nice little payday out of that. Lemieux is taking home $360,000, uh, $360 million <laughs> of that $900 million. Uh, Michael, uh, Joe Pompliano on Twitter had this. The story goes, the Penguins, we know the Penguins were like almost bankrupt in the early 90s. They had trouble signing players they couldn't give Lemieux a good contract they wanted to defer money down the line so he would have to get it and his big thing was I don't want to have to fight and sue the Penguins for money down the line so what he did is he took his salary and said turn that into whatever percentage of the team it would be and it worked out to be he would own 25 percent of the Penguins when he retired um, Mario Lemieux has revamped the Penguins since owning the Penguins uh, the Penguins have become again one of the standout teams in the league and he just made a crap ton of money for making a great decision that that he came up with on his own. Like this is a hockey player coming up with, you know what? Give me some ownership of the team and we'll see how that works out. I think it worked out okay for him. I think it did. I think there might have been a bit of risk at the time. Uh obviously that fellow named Crosby kind of falling into their laps kind of helped a yeah. little bit too. Um I don't know, like that you could argue before they got Crosby, like that was even looking like a pretty risky investment then. Like they were a bad team with very little support like but uh no i think he 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 got he got his payday good on him like the penguins are now one of like the staple franchises in the league so like good on him he's uh in case things like weren't really going his way already which they are like he's good for him he got paid out congrats and uh yeah I'm trying to think. Of, yeah, so he offered to buy the team with an investor group financing part of his converted 20 million of his deferred salary into 25 percent of the team. Um, <clears throat> at the end, he uh, I was trying to see it shows what he made as a player. Uh, it's absolute almost peanuts compared to the 360 million dollars. You know, he gets. Oh, I'm sure it's. You know, it was paltry. You know, but yeah. So hey, Mario Lemieux, great hockey player, and. Now, apparently, fantastic investor, businessman, smart guy when it comes to contract stuff, because, you know, he probably could have pushed it. He probably could have asked for a trade. He could have done anything. And instead, he gets a quarter of the franchise at the end. And uh, 
gets 360 mil large. That's that's not, yeah. not a bad payday. Yeah, career earnings fifty four point five million dollars for Mario Lemieux. <laughs> so I think he's doing okay now with uh, an extra three fifty. Yeah, right. I mean, and even compared to like even back when he was playing, the money he made was bananas. It was really good. So um, it's just hard. I mean, it's hard to think of teams. And you looked at teams around that time that were failing, like the Winnipeg Jets, like the Quebec Nordiques, like the Hartford Whalers that were struggling, you know, teams. And then even like the Minnesota North Stars moving to Dallas, you know, it was it was a tough time for hockey. And the fact that Pittsburgh was able to keep the Penguins there worked out great for the NHL in the end because they're one of the flagship franchises and they've had, you look down the line, they got Lemieux, they got Yarger, they got Crosby, Malkin. It's, you know, it's a team that you you're glad stuck around unless you're a, you know, Flyers or Rangers or a Devils fan or somebody from that area. But, you know, yeah, Mario, good on you, man. Congratulations. Um, you know, if you want to throw a little bit of that and sponsor the Mark and Michael's musings, we wouldn't turn it down. You know, gotta... I'm sure he listens to us all the time. A hundred percent. He totally does. He's actually writing a check right now to you and I. Speaking of checks, we're going to take a quick break and pay some bills here on Mark and Michael's musings. When we come back, we're going to talk a little NFL football. I got a team in the playoffs right now. And still two games left in the season, so that could end very abruptly. But we'll talk a little football and we'll discuss John Madden as well when we come back on Mark and Michael's musings. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And welcome back to Mark and Michael's Musings. A matchsticks and gasoline podcast under the SB Nation podcast umbrella. Um, John Madden passed away, uh, 85 years old yesterday. Madden, um, if you know anything about NFL football, John Madden is a stalwart. Pretty much when I think football, I think Madden, the face of the NFL at 85 years old, um, was a broadcaster, 16-time Emmy winner. Uh, he's a pro football Hall of Famer. His career record is 103-32-7, which is ridiculous in itself. Seven AFC titles and one Super Bowl win in 1976. Um, growing up as a kid, Madden Summerall, that was football for me. Whether it was the Super Bowl, you'd hear Madden Summerall come on and you knew you were getting Washington-Dallas or Philly-Dallas or one of those in the mud, tough, grinded out running game, NFC East games back in the day. Uh, Michael, you have any thoughts on John Madden? Uh, yeah, just um, they actually, I think they were running some specials about him like kind of around Christmas there. So it's a little, it's too, uh, in a way it was nice. So we kind of got to see a bit of a tribute for him before he passed away. But at the same time, it's kind of sad too. Um, yeah, for me, I was always like growing up on the Madden video games. Like that was a big part of it when they still had him in the games for a while. I know he hasn't been around as much recently with it, but um yeah. Yeah, no, it, like you said, it's when you think uh, NFL, like he's one of the first thing that comes to mind. Um, I didn't really know him as a coach, just uh, a bit before my time, but like the play-by-play and the and the games, like it, it just 
a, a name that's going to live on forever with the sport for sure. Yeah. A hundred percent. And the other thing that most everybody probably thinks about is Thanksgiving day and the turducken and that gigantic Turkey that they would bring out. And the players would eat the Turkey leg on the field and everything else, usually calling the early game with the Detroit lions. But yeah. And you mentioned the video games. I mean, I remember having John Madden one when it was just called John Madden football and you had to put some, you kids might not know what this is called a floppy disk. It was a big giant square used to slide into your computer and you would have to load the game and you could create the rosters through the NFL. But every team was red versus blue and they were very pixelated. <laughs> they were like square guys going up the field. But I remember having it in college around like, I think it might have been like 1993, 94, like the first computer one came out. And it was like, whoa, I could build my own team. So I would like build the Dolphins, but I would build like an all-star team with like Marino and Zonka in the backfield. Like you'd have all this crazy stuff. And it was a really cool game. But like he would also say like the most like ridiculous things. Like he'd be like, look at that right there. And boom, whoa. And he always had one in a game where if you made a crazy catch, you'd be like, that guy's got to have stick him on his hands. Like, that's like, his, like one of his favorite ones. But um, do you have a favorite Madden game from the Madden series? Um, I would say the one that I probably grew up on the most. I think just because I had it for a while because when I was younger, like I'd only get one every now and then. It wasn't like a buy in every year. I'm still not that kind of person for most of them. But like uh, for whatever reason, Madden 07, I used to play on the on the PC. And that was just, I don't know, I had a blast with it. I, I honestly probably played that for like seven or eight years just because it was like it was it was a really good Madden game, like uh, the career modes, stuff like that. It was actually really well done. It's a lot better, I find, than what they do today, which is a shame that 2007 is out dueling them in both like gameplay and like general stuff. So I would say that's the one that stands out to most of me. Like I play the new ones, too, every now and then. But I whatever reason, that, that was my favorite always. Yeah, my son, I think, has Madden 2019 or 2020. I think, and I tried to play it with him and I was like, I don't understand this game. There's way too many options, way too many buttons. Like, it might sound like an old person, but like Madden 1 was obviously one of my favorites. Madden 01 with um, Eddie George on the cover was a fantastic game. The game started to grow a little bit. And the last Madden game I actually bought is Madden 09 with Brett Favre on it. So that's the last time I bought a Madden game was 12 years ago. But the game was simpler back then, you know. Um, And honestly, Madden, the video games will probably be what the younger generation knows John Madden for because they don't remember him from doing football on CBS or on Fox um, or even watching him when he coached the Raiders um, back in the day when, Football was drastically different and incredibly tough. And the Raiders were one of the toughest teams in the league. They would literally punch you in the mouth every week you played them. And John Madden, you know, ripping heaters on the sideline while he's coaching the baddest team in the NFL was a sight to be seen. So, you know, yeah, I know. Good on John Madden. You know, long, long, long career, storied career, NFL Hall of Famer. uh, You know, we send condolences to the Madden family. Rest in peace. It's just, it's, you know, as you get older parts of what you knew as sport goes away. And that's a huge one that's gone away. So um, it's a shame. Continuing on football. Well, my dog is going nuts upstairs. Continuing on to football, Dolphins Eagles update. We're going to start with the Dolphins because they played the latest uh, Miami 20 to three with a win over the New Orleans Saints, a depleted offensive side of the New Orleans Saints. Um, I did feel bad for Ian Book in that game. He just sacked nine (laughs) times, just got absolutely slaughtered. His second pass is a pick six to Nick Needham. Um, I thought Tua was pretty decent. Uh, they ran the ball okay. Uh, there's a lot of hate going around right now because the Dolphins only put up 20 points on a depleted Saints team. And I would say, yes, the Saints were depleted on offense. The Saints were not depleted on defense. They were down one player from the team that shut out Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I'll take 20 points at home against that Saints defense. And 
that Dolphins defense, they just had fun, man. They just teed off on that poor kid. Like at the end of the game, you're kind of looking at the bench and be like, we don't even have another quarterback, dude. It's just you. He's the third string kid, rookie out of Notre Dame. Um, that win puts Miami at eight and seven, and they are now in sole possession of seventh place in the wild card because Baltimore lost and Miami's beaten Baltimore. Uh, so things are looking good right now. Miami's still got to uh, go through Ryan Tannehill and the Titans, which I'll be waiting for them to beat the Titans in here. Well, they had no Derrick Henry, so it didn't really count. And then they got to face Mac Jones and the Patriots at home. And the Patriots never play well in Miami. And Mac Jones has not looked good in his last three starts. So I'm going to bank on Miami sweeping this and going 2-0 and making the playoffs. And then getting absolutely slaughtered in the first round of the playoffs. But that's the Dolphins update. I'm happy. 8-7. and seven. Um, There was a great tweet the other day that said the Dolphins, only two things stand in the way of the Dolphins. Bill Belichick in Miami. And as usual, Ryan Tannehill, which made me laugh. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm a great. huge Ryan Tannehill fan. I thought it was great. I love Tannehill, but it's totally funny. So uh, Eagles eh, kind of treading water there, eh? Uh, they, they won again. They uh, they Their schedule was just really poorly put together this year. They had all their good games like against good opponents early in the year. And then it's been like Lions, Jets, like NFC East down the stretch, which is great for them because they're making a run. They're in the seventh spot now. They uh, – they played an ugly first half against the Giants. I think it was like 3-3 at halftime. And then the Eagles just decided, okay, yeah, we're actually like a decent team. So they ended up winning 34-10 to with the Giants getting a garbage time touchdown. So uh, I don't know. I expected this team to be like a six-win team this year. Like they were – they're obviously rebuilding. I think they still are. But they 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 hung around uh, when they were facing tough teams. And, uh, yeah, it looks like they're, they're up a game on everyone behind them, chasing them in for the final wild card spot. So – as long as they take care of business against the football team, the football team, which I just, I, I'm so, they, they need a name. Just come on guys. Like get something this off season. Like it, it doesn't roll off the tongue well at all, <laughs> but it's like, cause you can do Washington, but like you used to saying the team names. It's like, Oh, it's the football team. So I, yeah. just get a team please. Like, or a name. Um, And then they have the Cowboys last week of the year, which fingers crossed the Cowboys will have uh, either have clinched like a, the first seed, which looks like it'll be tough, but like at the very least, like they know where they're going to be. So they'll be resting guys that last week of the year. But um, no, uh, there's scenarios where the Eagles might clinch as early as this week with a couple of other teams, like the Vikings and saints losing who are both, like you said, the saints are a mess right now. The Vikings look pretty bad too. So like, yeah. <clears throat> I don't know anything that's anything that like, it's already way ahead of my expectations for this year. They have the three first round picks now for the summer. So I'm a I'm a pretty content Eagles fan, which I know we're not often a very content bunch. Which is funny. Like I love like when you say content because I'm like I'm happy where Miami is. Like the fact that no team in the history of the NFL has lost seven in a row and then won seven in a row. Okay, but then part of me is like, why did you? I mean, I know why they lost seven in a row. Tua was out for a while. We had to watch Jacoby Brissett, which was just like fire that guy into the sun. Like I'm over Jacoby Brissett and the Dolphins <laughs> offensive line. Same thing. You could package them all up and just shoot them in his face. I'd be thrilled because they're just absolutely horrendous as an offensive line. It's a miracle that everybody complains Tua doesn't throw the ball deep. I'm like, like you can't throw the ball deep when it's like one Mississippi, two Mississippi, boom, and the ball's going to be gone. You can't throw the ball deep when you, and I watch every other quarterback. I watched Ian book have five, six <laughs> seconds at times to throw the ball downfield, which is like, I'm like, ah, like what is going on here? You know, and at one point, I, one of the dolphins tackles got bowled over by a safety. 
like just pushed him aside and went in and hit to it like and two threw a nice pass it was a nice completion but i'm like how do you like how does you how does a giant dude like you get beat by a time they just suck they're absolutely terrible going back to washington do you have like a preferred name i know there's a million names and they've even toyed with keeping the football team as the name i just i don't see how that works like merchandise wise and you know selling and team branding like do you have a specific name? I know they've thrown a bunch of them out there. Is there one you care about, or do you just would you rather see the stadium open up and swallow the team because you're an Eagles fan? Um, I I don't know what their most recent uh list of names, but I know they had like the Warriors for a while when they were kind of like keeping with that vibe. I don't know if they ended up keeping that as one of the names in the running or not. Um, I I don't care too much, like you said, like they're they're a rival of my favorite teams. So I could kind of care less, but um, yeah, it's. I'd like to see a new list of names come out at some point this offseason, let them kind of figure this out, because at some point you need a name better than the football team if you're going to want to sell any, like, branding and stuff, like, sell yeah. merchandise. Like, it just, it, it works for now because they're still in transition, but, like, they need to figure that out sooner than later. I'm all about honoring things. Like, I love the idea of, like, one of the first ones that came out was to call them the Washington Red Tails. Uh, which is an all African-American fighter squadron pilot from World War II, also known as the Tuskegee Airmen. Um, I think that's a great way to honor something like you've been and, and you know, not to get totally crazy PC on things, but you've for so long not honored and been some not you've been disrespectful with your logo and name to a people. I think naming the team after somebody that did, you know, tremendous amount of good, um, especially when they were an all African-American fighter pilot um, unit when the military in the United States was still segregated. Like that's a cool story. Like I think mm-hmm. that could be a really cool name. Um, then you just go, you know, someone will probably find fault with that or whatever, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. worries is just generic. It's kind of like, you know, someone said yeah. the Washington wolves. I'm like, yeah, that, you know. I don't know. Like, I don't really like those like double, like the WW things or like yeah. the names. Like, like it sounds easy, like rolls off the tongue when you're talking about it. But like, for whatever reason, those are the names for me that you get sick of. Like once you actually start playing with that team name, like yeah. you kind of want something a bit different. And I think it also comes down to like branding and merchandising and logos too. Like the Red Tails logo that's been mocked up is awesome. You know, it's an old World War World War II fighter plane with the Washington colors of the the athletic gold and the maroon and the white. It looks really nice. Like Wolves is so generic. Like oh, like, when teams come up with weird names, it drives me nuts. You know, like like when New Orleans basketball and they became the Pelicans. I'm like, well, all the things you have in New Orleans, you went with Pelicans. Like it's just so like. I mean, I was big on the thing with the Kraken. I was like, I like the Kraken now. It's kind of grown on me. I like the colors. I like the logo and stuff. But like, I was all being like, call them the pilots, you know, name them after the baseball team that used to be up there before the Mariners took over, stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, who knows? Hopefully they come up with something soon because I can't imagine the NFL being like, yeah, go into a third season being known as the football team. Like, I just don't think that's going to work. Yeah, the name thing is funny. Like, I was going to also bring up like, you look at like the Toronto Raptors up in Canada. We're just named that because Jurassic Park had just come out, like which I still laugh hysterically at. It's it's just like it's it's one of those names. that's like obviously like it's woven its way in now to being like a kind of iconic name at least for Canadian teams. But like, really, that's what you settled on back then. Like, and the mascot looks like Barney, but he's red, which is like the worst part. Of it. I mean, that would be like Washington being like, you know what? We're going to become the Spider Men. We're going to be the Washington Spider Men because that movie's popular. <laughs> You know, I mean, maybe a nice tie in is they could go like Richmond, Virginia is not that far out. Maybe they become the Washington Spiders, like University of Richmond. I don't know. But it just seems like it'll be like, yeah, like the whole thing when the Toronto came out with that, I was like, oh, my God, they're naming their team after a dinosaur (laughs) (laughs) from a movie that just came out. It just, yeah. Sometimes team names don't. Hey, what are you going to do? I mean, I don't refer either of those teams, so I don't know why I would care. Um, You got anything you want to add before we wrap this up? 
Um, just I'm excited to hopefully watch real hockey and tweet about real hockey and write about real hockey tomorrow. And then, gosh, I hope they play well on this like kind of combined road trip because they were not good going into it. So hopefully this break helps them and uh, hopefully we get back to them being really good again because it's been a it's been a long December. For many it has, reasons. Play- yeah, I mean, they had a, you know, they had a little rough patch before going in, dropping some games, but they've still been playing so well, and they've been so much fun to watch this season. I'm with you. I, I just have to, tomorrow morning, get up and remember how to write a game preview, because it's been so long. I mean, it just feels like <laughs> forever since we've had to do anything Flames-related. So, if all goes as planned, the 15, 7, and 6 Calgary Flames will head to Seattle for a 10 p.m. Eastern time start. Uh, so, that's what, 8, 8 p.m. Mountain time? Yep. Yep, so I haven't had to do the math in like three weeks. So I'm all, I'm all concentrating on temperatures now. You got me all screwed up when we get into the <laughs> negatives. 8 p.m. Mountain Time start for the Flames, taking on the 10, 17, and 3 Seattle Kraken at Climate Pledge Arena in, is it even in Seattle? Yeah, it's in Seattle. Climate yeah, Pledge Arena. That's an interesting name for an arena. I don't know how they come up with these things. So hopefully we'll have some hockey tomorrow night. Uh, once again, the New Year's Eve game. Uh, against the Winnipeg Jets is postponed uh, due to the amount of fans being allowed to be in arenas. So the NHL has shut that one down and moved it. Uh, After that, um, the new year cracks. They got a Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. That is a very busy week if the Flames come back. They'll be at the Blackhawks, at the Panthers, at the Lightning, at the Hurricanes. That is some kind of road trip. Michael, thanks for coming on today and talking a little bit of everything today. We had a lot to go over. Yeah, for sure. Have a good one, Mark. And if you enjoy listening to this podcast, you can find us on Spotify, iTunes, or Google Podcasts. Just look up Matchsticks and Gasoline, and you will find Mike, Mark and Michael's Musings podcast, this one, and post ones. You can also find past episodes of The Tinderbox and Behind Enemy Lines. Thank you so much for listening to this one, and we will catch you next time on Mark and Michael's Musings.